Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. I wish I could fly right up to the sky, but I can't. So instead, I will bring you the latest edition of the UK Tech Weekly Podcast, reaching out every Friday from across a desolate, techless void, filling your consciousness with nuggets of purest golden tech. This is your seven-day tonic from the tech titans who bring you PC Advisor, Tech World, Mac World UK and Computer World UK. Every week we throw aside our many differences, slights and grievances, avoiding tax and saving souls by forming a new audio religion that brings you no more than 40 minutes of informed tech chat on the hot tech topics of the past seven days. You can hear us thanks to our sponsor, Audio Technica, and find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Don't forget, subscribe, review and tell your friends. Do it right now, listener. I'm Matt Egan, Editorial Director of IDG UK, and today I am delighted to be joined in conversation by the all-guns-blazing Scott Carey, online editor of TechWorld.com. Hello. The totes-amazing Christina Mercer, online editor of ComputerWorldUK.com. Hello. And the field of cows gently grazing, that is David <laughs> Price, acting editor of MacWorld UK. All right. This week we are talking <laughs> Apple's new MacBooks, Europe and Google on tender hooks, and how you can find sweet, sweet love without relying on your god-awful looks. Are you sitting comfortably? Then I'll begin. David Price. Return of the Mac. Oh, return of the Mac. Oh, return of the Mac. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> David, the Mac is back. What do you know about that? Uh, the Mac is back but slightly disappointing which sort of fits in with your singing what oh my gosh that was shots fired is that too much too early Mark Morrison kept uh, uh, Design for Life by the Manic Street Preachers off number one with that record so it's unforgivable that is a shame actually the Manics get a lot of airtime on this podcast they do not enough (laughs) Uh, the Mac is back what do you know about that Well, Apple has um, updated two out of three of its MacBook lines. The uh, the twelve inch MacBook, which we we always has a sort of um, unstated pause at the end of it because it's neither Air nor Pro; it is just MacBook and then a space. So That's like been updated. A, like a bat, it's not a bird, and it's not a. Mouse. It's neither fish nor fowl. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, it's neither Pro nor Air. It's been updated. The MacBook Air has also been updated, uh, but the MacBook Pro has not. Um, and we've been waiting a while for these updates, and to be honest, the well, the lack of updates of the Pro is a disappointment, but the other two are pretty disappointing too. So what what, what actually has been updated? New specs, new colours? Yeah, well, yes, a bit of both. So the um, well, we'll do the the MacBook 
gap first. Um, they have given it new processors. They've given it 6th gen Skylake Intel processors, um, which is what we were expecting, what we were hoping for. But so that's, a, that's, a, that's a speed boost, but also actually it should improve battery life. That's, I think the main thing is, yeah, it's more efficient yeah. um, because they're clocked um, at the same speed as the uh, previous generation models, but they yeah. should they should still be faster because they're um, more advanced processors. Um, they have also um, improved the RAM. It's uh, it's it's spec to higher speed as well. So those two things between them should re- um, result in they're saying twenty percent faster processing speed. And Which you probably wouldn't really notice, but you might notice if it lasts a bit longer off the main. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they're saying it has one hour more battery life. Uh, they're saying eleven hours uh, of web browsing or ten hours yeah. of watching films. Well, for your um, for your average Mackies, that's quite a lot of time to write that novel in the Starbucks. <laughs> we always return to these Apple stereotypes Absolutely. whenever we're talking about it. Absolutely. Yeah, and there's also a pink one. I forgot to say. Yeah. Oh, the pinkification of Apple. A pinkification. I like it. It's sort of a gold pink. Yeah, isn't rose it? gold. Is it rose gold. Yeah. I, actually, I actually really like it. I think it's really good. Everybody says to me because I've got the. Um, I have been borrowing the pink ipad pro uh, and everybody always says that's ridiculous and i show them and they end up going oh it's all right it's quite nice because it's sort of muting it's sort of metallic so you suggested that it was slightly disappointing uh, update and i suppose the point about that is as we've discussed before it's been quite a long time since the macbook line has had a sort of radical design overhaul or and also the, yes. this thing of pro air blank is is interesting as well because you know I've read a few things suggesting that, that the kind of the airline in particular it's sort of it's sort of a little bit old along the tooth now the whole thing yeah branding. absolutely well yeah let's talk about the the air next um, the air is now uh, eight years old and hasn't had uh, and I'm looking over at our producer Lewis when I say this uh, but I, as far as I know it has not had any significant design changes in those eight years is that yeah. Lewis? No, nothing at all in eight years there we go really. is that because um, it's absolutely perfect yes it yeah. is it is, it is platonically <laughs> perfect laptop uh, I, I like the, the MacBook Air but it hasn't been updated in eight years physically so the design is starting to feel a little bit old fashioned um, and the update they've given it this year, um, twelve months on from the last update, is that they've um, they've made it so that you get eight gig of RAM as standard. So you right. used to have to pay a hundred pounds to upgrade from four gig to eight gig of RAM. Now it is included in the price, okay. and that is this year's update. Well, does that uh, speak to something we've suspected that there is something bigger coming down the pike? I th- yeah, um, we, we're wondering if MacBook Air might be getting discontinued right. um, at some point. The fact that they've bothered to update it, oddly enough, um, suggests, well, it must have at least another six months to a year left yeah. in it, because otherwise, why would they have bothered to update it? But as I've just said, they didn't really update it very much. They, a... They've not given it a retina yeah. uh, screen, for example. So it's, yeah. it's looking really uh, backward compared to um, physically compared to the other uh, laptops on the market, even though it's a nice design, as, as Scott said. Yeah. Um, if they were going to discontinue it, what would they be replacing it with on the sort of small laptop? Well, they've, I mean, the MacBook is it blank. Uh, well, yeah, that, that's the other issue. They're, they're really in the danger now, Apple, of uh, cannibalizing themselves. And they, I guess they've always said that they don't mind cannibalizing themselves. They'd rather lose the sales to other products within the Apple stable rather than to another company. I mean, my my uh, physi- physiology is not great. But if you're like trapped on a desert island and you start eating yourself, 
you can't live forever on that. Presumably. Well, presumably you'd stay the same way exactly all the time. Yeah, but just, you'd uh, run out of things to eat. After a yes, time. yes, you would. Um, yeah, well, obviously and they yes, need to. you're Wolverine. Okay. This is. <laughs> and I want to know more about that, but maybe sure. not on the podcast. <laughs> okay, well, sounds well, like um, a young person's reference to me. <laughs> yeah, uh, but That's what I'm here for. I, I <laughs> uh, but they have <laughs> they have too many. It's felt by a lot of people that they're starting to have too many kinds of laptop, as well as actually now you mentioned it, too many kinds of iPad. Mm. So like almost like a pre-Steve Jobs Apple. Or a yeah, exactly. Away from that, but yeah. Because uh, I got I, I read this quote before I came in, which is that Steve Jobs once boasted that Apple was worth thirty billion dollars, and which is obviously a ridiculously low <laughs> estimate now compared. But um, he said they're worth more than thirty billion dollars, and they had fewer than thirty products, yeah. um, which is obviously not true anymore. Yeah. Um, to an extent, he was he was a purist. He he, he took that to extremes. Mm. But we're at the point now where, if we talk about, about the iPads, um, there's the iPad Air two and there's the iPad Pro nine point seven inch. They're the same size. They're physically identical, but they have different branding. And this yeah. is this is confusing. That you know the average man in the street goes into the Apple store, doesn't understand. I don't understand why the names don't signify. Exactly, that, really. it, it made sense before. You just said Pro, or you said Air, or yeah. you said Mini, and that meant the size. But now it refers to the specs. So there's, a, there's a couple of potential things that could be happening here, I suppose. One is that we're about to have some kind of deck clearing um, removal of those brands, which could happen. Yeah. As you say, the, 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 the Air upgrade isn't, in fact, an upgrade. It's just that, that there is... It's treading water. Yeah, essentially. Um, potentially... There could be further complexity coming, I suppose. I mean, would do you think Apple is a company that would consider making a hybrid device after all this time? Is, is are they sufficiently challenged by like Surface and Surface Book, or is that a lot of kind of media talk fueled by Microsoft? I, I think I think Apple has completed its response to the Surface, yeah. um, to, to the Surface at least with the uh, with the iPad Pro nine point seven inch. The Surface Book, I don't think, has made enough of an impact for Apple to. Um, well, it's basically like quite a nice well, look yeah. here, essentially. Yeah, exactly. And Apple's Apple's MO, as we know, is that it waits for a market to be established. Well, but do, well, even there, a lot of a lot of people had gone there first, and it had got sort of mind share among yeah. early adopters, and people were, were talking for a long time. Yeah. When is there going to be an iWatch? Before it finally said, right, here we go. We've sol- we've solved all the problems that people have in the yeah. smartwatch, which they incidentally they didn't at all, but. Um, I think with I think with hybrid they are that is so out there yeah. still for me at least um, that I don't think Apple's ready to do that. Uh, but yeah, I think definitely it wants to it wants to bring the iPads through to become laptop replacements. It's it's been quite explicit about that, and that does sort of yeah it leaves you thinking what are the MacBooks for? Why do we have three different lines of of MacBook? Maybe yeah, it'll end up just the having the MacBook gap. You know that maybe that's why it doesn't have another name. Yeah. It's going to be the only MacBook. Interesting. Also this week in Apple News, we found out when WWDC is happening. So maybe we'll get the answer to some of these questions there. WWDC being the big developer conference that actually these days is as much about letting the world know what's going on. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, one of the, yeah it's one of those weird situations where they're talking theoretically to the people in the room, but clearly to the cameras beyond. Yeah. Um, and so that's happening in June, I believe? Yeah, it starts on the 13th of June. We have the dates now, so you can put that in your calendar. Uh, and if you want to go, you have to enter a lottery. And if you win the lottery, you still have to, you still have to pay. It's um, <laughs> world's most it's, disappointing. Yeah. Lottery. <laughs> the first prize is that you have to pay sixteen hundred dollars. What to, uh, to go? But it's Presume like five, five could, days long. Whatever, you could sell it to somebody else who entered the lottery. I don't, don't know. I don't know how lottery. they'd feel about that. I mean, because yeah. you have to sort of be a you're, well, you're supposed to at least be a proper developer to go along. So if I sold it to some 
Tom, Dick or Harry, who was not a developer, and they turned up and started showing up to all the uh, courses and saying, oh, show me how to use Swift. Surely that would look a bit dodgy. Anyway. Um, while we were on like the conference, I just wondered um, quickly, going back to MacBooks, why it wasn't announced with all the other announcements. Why um, the delay between the iPad yeah. um, and the iPhone announcements and the MacBook? Because I remember our colleague, Neil, moaning about there not being a <laughs> laptop announcement um, amongst the phone and uh, tablet announcements. I, guess, I mean, I guess the the obvious um, reason would be to extend, to spin out the coverage. Mm. But I mean, with Apple, they're going to get the coverage whenever they do it. But, you know, they, they've split um, the iPhone launches between autumn and spring, presumably yeah. because they, they don't. It, it, I guess it doesn't make a lot of sense for a company to have all this hype building up to mm. one product launch in, in one part of the year. Well, not its sales cycle, but it'll have one part of the year. Yeah, well. exactly. So that's that's going to be difficult. Apple's got shareholders like anyone else. Yeah. It's nice if you can give them a bump every quarter. Yeah. I, I also think, and you're, you're the expert on this, David, but my perception is that Apple likes to do cool sexy stuff uh, and give it a real yeah. show and then it just slips other bits of information out here and there you know we get we get product some products are launched just they just appear on the apple store uh, we'd like that sometimes um, and if, if they had been mentioned at the iphone launch then they would clearly have lasted about two minutes yeah you would have got oh and, and there's a new MacBook Air, you know and would have got lost in in the uh the kerfuffle presumably Okay, well, we look forward to more Apple shenanigans. Uh, but for now, to give the definitive response, let's go around the room. Uh, Christina Mercer. Uh, Mercer. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me at all, man. Uh, Christina Mercer. Uh, Mac for good or holding Mac the tears? Um, holding Mac the tears. David Brooks. Holding Mac the tears. Mac for good. Oh, nice. We've got a bit of a split. We never get a split in these things. Excellent. Okay, we'll take a short break while I learn Christina's name. Uh, and then we'll re- return and talk about Google and Europe. Christina Mercer. I'm thinking of changing my search engine from Google to G-U-Google. <laughs> Just let that hang there for a second. Why? Um, I think you might be referring to the Google versus EU. Yeah, there we go. Um, which basically it's a five, well, it was just over five years sort of antitrust battle. If I'm going to try and make it sound as majestic as possible. Um, <laughs> between Google and the EU, where Google have um, been, well, now they've been formally charged, but back in 2010, the EU probed um, Google about their dominant position for online search. Basically, right. Yeah, they accused it of... Um, abusing its position. So, for example, with price comparison sites, they said that they're sort of taking away um, the search rankings for price comparison sites and pushing their own services. Well, I mean, that that is, I would say, true, mm-hmm. almost indisputably true. But then I guess Google's response would be that price comparison sites weren't really adding anything of value. They um, Google works to promote the things that provide satisfaction to users. And so it was it became sort of inevitable that over time Google's own search capability would replace um, the manual work done by price comparison engine. But then if you're running a price comparison service and your business has disappeared because Google's doing it better, yeah, um, I guess you could see the frustration. So so this this started in 2010. Yeah. What's, what's happening now then? What's well, happening? now it's moved from um, Google search to the Android platform. Right. So the... the European Commission, I'm going to try and pronounce her name, Marguerite Vestager. 
Well, if you've got it wrong, none of us are going to know. So, Margaret, <laughs> if you're yeah. listening, get in touch. Margaret Vestager, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it works, you know, it works. Yeah. Um, she uh, is the European Competition uh, Commissioner, and she's basically said that the Android platform um, is being used to push Google's own services. I mean, it is a Google yeah. open so- platform, open source, but it's it's going against, it's like almost anti-competition. But this um, is interesting because because... First of all, does Android have a dominant platform, really? I mean... In terms of users, it's... In Europe? I don't know, is the, is the answer. We probably should know. But um, I, I appreciate it's going to have a lot more users than iOS, and certainly yeah. the, the Windows Phone or BlackBerry. But does that... And so then it's it, the suggestion is that the cross-promotion um, of its other products, such as its apps, I presume, mm. um, is somehow anti-competitive. Well, what they they, they put out a, a statement did the um, EC, and they basically said that um, Google have broken uh, the antitrust uh, rule by basically requiring manufacturers to have pre-installed right. Google apps on their phone um, by basically limiting phone manufacturers that they um, by on competing OSs basically. Right. And also giving financial incentives for all this to happen. So this, so this relates to the fact that... So, David, do, do iPhones come with some Google apps pre-installed? Um, they, they, have, they have Apple apps pre-installed, essentially. Right. And not only are they pre-installed, but they are undeletable. Yeah, like when you open a, a, an, an email... Yeah, you, you go click straight a link to Safari. Opposed or, or, or to Apple Maps, for example. Yeah. So, yeah. so I've, I've gone to the trouble of installing uh, Google Maps, for yeah. example. Um, and it... I'd like that to be the default. It's like that stocks app you, you can't get rid of. Yeah, who uses that? That stocks app. As soon as Apple allows people to delete uh, apps from yeah, iOS, good. that stocks app is just <laughs> first to get to the wall. <laughs> okay, so this is interesting. So this speaks back to, I guess, the something you'd know about, David, which is the Microsoft anti-trust issues, which were, were prevalent a few years ago. Yeah, um, and again, the case then was that. Microsoft had a dominant position in terms of operating system, which, okay, let's establish Android probably does then within the European Union. Um, and it forcibly or insists on pre-installation of its software. Mm. So presumably we're talking about Maps. And see, the browser's interesting because there are usually two browsers on your Android device, one of which is Chrome and one of which is Android browser. Mm. Um, but yeah, so tools like that. And in the same way as Microsoft was successfully prosecuted for forcing in inverted commas internet explorer onto all pc users i guess that's what's happening now is it yeah but the issue the issue is with google it's the android platforms are open source so it's right. meant to be voluntary like you can use um, whatever apps you want you don't have to then and then that so that's the sort of um uh rule it's it's breaking but you can yeah okay that's interesting because whether or, whether or not android or indeed any google products is open source is is Interesting because you can create a mod of Android and that's fine, it's perfectly mm. legitimate to do. But yeah, I suppose the point is it's releasing code to manufacturers and manufacturers are selling it as the latest version of Android, which is Google approved, which consumers seek out because they don't want something that's different from everybody else's thing. Mm. And they're actually paying them to make sure that they do it, you're saying they had financial. Yeah, that's one of the um what one of the uh objections that yeah, that they're basically incentivizing all of this process i don't know enough about the legality but is it not just basically monopoly-esque behavior where if you're in a dominant position you're going to push that forward yeah well that certainly was the case with the microsoft issue microsoft's point 
just to you know obviously I don't speak for Microsoft but, th- but their point at the time was dude we're just very successful what are we supposed to do and in the end what you got there was this really weird hobbled solution where they had to do two things from memory one of which was they had to release a separate version of Windows that didn't have Windows Media Player that no, people nobody, choose to nobody buy bought it. literally nobody bought yeah. it because why would you why would you choose to buy a version that has less software Yeah. Um, and then the other thing was the uh, browser welcome window which was when you first booted uh, Windows, you were given a selection of browsers to choose from. The interesting thing there is whether that was the main thing. I actually think it was more to the fact that first Firefox and then Chrome were better browsers than IE. But actually, that market has completely changed now. IE is the third uh, in the market, which is fascinating when you consider that it is pre-installed in Windows. Now they're killing IE, right? Yeah, so Edge, yeah. IE and Edge together, yeah, okay. we kind of consider as one. Um, okay, so what does the EU want Google to do about this? Um, well, firstly, they want them to address the charges, which they have done. They came back with a, re- a response, only a short one, basically just saying, like, no. <laughs> that's not Swing it. it. Yeah, no. pretty much just be like, no, that's not it. Guys, God, I got it all wrong. So, um, <laughs> and then... Um, they- Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. They want them to, well, basically the penalty could be um, a fine of up to um, seven and a half billion pounds. Chump <laughs> um, change. <laughs> exactly. Or, um, and basically they've got to change their, like, Policies. That's yeah. probably about the same as their tax bill, right? Yeah. So this is taxation we'll by the back door. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah. Seven and a half. Oh, where the, how, who comes up with that figure? Yeah, we need to uh, we need to find Google something that's pu- punitive. <laughs> Seven and a half billion. But what does that equate to? That equates to the damage caused to other businesses. Well, that's what I mean. And they're, they're going to give they're not getting, that to yeah, the they, other businesses. Are they Robin or? Hooding that money out? Yeah. <laughs> Just, I don't see how this is supposed to work. Here you go, Blackberry. Here's, uh, <laughs> oh. here's some money. Oh, bless him. Oh, um, that makes me yeah. sad. Yeah. Mm. Oh, so, I mean, that, that's not going to happen. Google's not going to pay that fine, but it might. There'll be some sort of intractable negotiation that will go yeah. on that allows the European politicians to say, we've had a victory. Um, and possibly, as I say, taking the Microsoft browser thing, 
whether it was directly as a result of that, but there is a lot more diversity in the browser market now, and that is probably a good thing. I do wonder if any of that money would go to the Bloomberg Stocks app and be like, sorry, guys, <laughs> we knocked you off most people's home screens. Well, exactly. Uh, that's, it's but but this, is, this is the problem with all of these kind of things, is that on the one hand, yes, it is bad when big companies, and no one could describe Google as you know, a good corporate citizen. You just can't because they don't pay tax. And, you know, they, they're, we talked previously about the attitudes towards privacy and, you know, it's 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 bad that a company, that an, an, an organisation that doesn't respond to voters has so much power. That prob- probably is a bad thing. But it's also like it gets punished for the fact that once you get so successful, you start acquiring or developing the best products yourself. Mm. And then so... If if my Android device came without preloaded Google tools, I'm probably just going to download the Google tool. Yeah. But it is the probably, I suppose. I mean, you can imagine that if there was, like on Windows, if there was a thing that when you first switched on your Google Android phone yeah. and it said, do you want safari do you want safari on your no. android phone no thank you and then that would that be the end of it and then and then do, does apple then have to do it because this is what i keep thinking yeah. is that this is really unfair because apple is much worse on this stuff but i suppose the difference is apple makes the hardware and the software itself so it makes a product so that gets in the hole and it doesn't have the market share i suppose they still have i mean yeah i suppose but they they do have a very large market share if, yeah. if you compare this to the um, especially in terms of pounds spent well, exactly they have, they have more yeah. of that than android do you compare it to windows windows was much more dominant in those days than android is now yeah. um you know apple is not a niche player by any but that's that's also the thing that i find so like, i think there's a lot of this practice that is bad i think the fact that um you know in trying so i have an, i have an ipod there i've admitted it i'm an ipod <laughs> classic i'm an old man um and yesterday in order to get some music that i own onto my ipod i had to just jump through the hoops because i have to get it onto itunes it's the only way i can get it onto that ipod and itunes is pretty terrible yeah time. absolutely so that to me from a consumer point of view and also if i was a music publisher that's a problem because i can own it a bit like we were talking about with kindle the other week the only real way you can just you can you can sell an, an ebook is to deal with amazon and the only real way you can uh, make it selling music uh, certainly to Apple users is through iTunes that's problematic to me whereas and maybe this is just me being pre-programmed from having used Android but the fact that I have to use Google's tools with Android is convenient to me um, but then again you know maybe if you did to your point about if you had to choose between um, Chrome and Safari you'd choose Chrome but maybe that would encourage other uh, browser makers, including Apple, to put more effort into their mm. products, and you might end up with a better product. You might end up with like you know Dolphin or whatever. Is yeah. Dolphin still going? Something like Dolphin. I bet. Let's face it. I used to install Dolphin and Opera just so I could say, yeah, I've got multiple browsers <laughs> in my device, and then used whatever the default browser was. <laughs> mm. So, is there a timeline for things going forward, Christina, or what's going to happen now? I think we're just waiting for a response, a formal response from Google, really. Um, but yes, a couple of days ago, actually, um, News Corp filed a complaint, not about the Android platform, but about um, Google News. Okay. Saying that they are, well, pretty much the same thing. They're, they're losing it on ad revenue because Google are pushing its own sort of like Google News. Right. Um, Google's so think... not a content producer. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I couldn't quite work this out because mm. um, they were saying you were getting pushed down by Google's own um, content. Is that because Google have like content partnerships with people? I'm assuming so. Well, there's also that thing that we've come up against. We were talking about the other day in one of our 
not to throw daylight on magic, one of our internal meetings, we're talking about the fact Inside that baseball. It can be, it can, you know, one of the things we actively seek is to be, if you if you search a how-to term, um, often Google produces this, what they call a card, which is the answer to the query that you've made. Mm. Actually, within Google search results, you don't have to go into the story. And we actively seek those out because actually what we've found is you get a lot more clicks through to your site when you have that. But that is Google taking content from a producer such as ourselves and publishing it outside of our networks. Yeah. So, and I think the thing that we kind of decide is that we hold our nose and we accept it because Google sends us all of our traffic and that is our business. It's not great to be reliant on a company like that, but that is our business. But I do wonder if maybe if your news call is part of this wider thing where well, lots of newspapers publish the same story. They publish different versions of the same story, and only one of them will get the traffic. And that's probably not a great situation to be in. Wow. I talked a lot there. Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> okay, so bringing it back to the antitrust issue, let's go around the room. Is it back off Brussels or don't be evil, Google? Christina Mercer. Back off Brussels. Mm. Felt good. Uh, I don't know. Actually, I feel really torn on this one because I don't like. You don't know to I, I don't Brexit. like. Yeah, I don't like uh, Brussels Eurocrats, yeah. and I also don't like Google terribly much. Okay, um, so I'm going to say something in between, which is someone in between would be the English Channel. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I like that. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Scott Carey, back off Brussels. Oh, don't be evil, Google. Yeah, don't be evil, Google. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, we'll take a short break and then when we come back, we're going to be talking about Sweet Love. Scott Carey, looking out for love, love, love. Big, big love, love, love. You've been checking out the state of the nation in dating apps and spotting some interesting trends. What's happening? Um, I don't particularly have a news hook on this, apart from the fact that I saw Sean Rad speak yesterday, who is the CEO and founder of Tinder. Your man dis- crush. <laughs> <laughs> Scott's man crush? Yeah, yeah, do you not know Disgraced, that? Disgraced uh, sexual harasser. <laughs> yeah. Scott Carey, no, uh, the other fellow. <laughs> <laughs> Scott loves him. Um, and he had some interesting things to say about um, the state of the dating app market. Um, he completely disparaged all of his competitors, which is quite um, interesting, uh, especially considering that Tinder seems to be uh, sort of falling a little bit compared to the newer entrance to the market. And then he also um, got really annoyed when he was asked if Tinder is a hookup app, which we know um, from here um, that their PRs will jump on you if you call it a hookup app really? because yeah. um, our old colleague Margie wrote a piece um, calling it a hookup app and she was told off and uh, it is apparently a dating app and it, Sean talks a lot about making meaningful connections in the most PR-ish way you Ooh, ever can. Yeah. Why don't they want to be referred to... I wonder Sounds how many like tons... hookup hype, I think. That's a problem. Oh, yeah, that is a problem. But surely there is more money to be made in... Sweet, sweet love. ...people uh, performing the physical act of love than in uh, than in romance? I don't know, maybe that's cynical. Well, it's a long time for you and me, Dave, isn't it? You know, I mean, when we were students, <laughs> one had to go out and drink eight pints of Snakebite and Black, <laughs> dance near a girl, and hope that bumping into you somehow <laughs> the mixture of links and sweat that she could smell uh, aroused her sufficiently to... It's beautiful. ...let you continue to bump into her in a more meaningful way. These days... <laughs> 
Swipe left or swipe right. Mm. Boom. You can be back in the pub uh, in time for the meat raffle at the end of the night. It's meat raffle. an outrage. Oh, where did you go to university? <laughs> in the 1990s, Scott. Um, so what, what I did, uh, what I do find interesting is when on this hookup thing, he says, you know, it's not a hookup thing. We're not, not a hookup. Oh. We're not a hookup Ooh. thing. We're just letting. We're giving people the tools to meet, and then what they do afterwards is completely up to them. And then there's all this. Com- there's very daily mail conversation about young people hooking up more now because they've got things like Tinder. Where do you guys stand on that? Is it because of Tinder that more young people are hooking up or is it just another means of them doing what they would do anyway? I think in general we live in a more quantified world where things are actually more commodified. So without wishing to be... It's very difficult not to sound prurient when in fact I'm just jealous. But um, I I think the fact... You know, there was a lot of when I was a young person, which is a long time ago, and it's not Tinder's not exclusively for young people, but I think it's probably used mostly by young people. Yeah, his biggest market is eighteen to twenty-five. Right. You know, there's in a way there's something more healthy about having an itch and scratching it, um, in a way that's (laughs) in a way that's mindful, and you know exactly that's what you're doing. And also, there's a security implication about it because I presume there's a kind of trail of information about who you're meeting, and you can decide where you meet them and stuff like that. It's all driven by Facebook as well, so you have to be, uh, so you can. You have to be an actual person. Yeah, and you well, as far as Facebook allows that, and then also you can see if you have mutual friends. So um, that's often a security blanket. So it it seems to me, it seems you know perfectly healthy and reasonable thing to do. Um, I do have a you know I know of. A younger friend of mine was saying he he found it, and this was such a difficult conversation for me to have. But it was like it's really difficult to meet someone, have a meaningful relationship because it's so easy to have meaningless sex. <laughs> and he said this to me. crying. Me and and several other guys in their late thirties, nearly forties, and like he barely got out of the pub alive because we were just like, <laughs> you have no idea, kind of thing. But it, you know, I. I I can see that being potentially a problem because once you can modify, once once you're able to get all the sweets in the sweet shop, once you can afford to buy all the sweets in the sweet shop, you need something that's going to stop you buying all the sweets in the sweet shop. If you know what I mean, you don't know what I mean. But is there is there still a taboo around meeting someone through a dating app? If you no, meet not your, all, no, no definitely not. Yeah. Completely. I know multiple people have got married off of yeah. dating apps. Yeah. When was it? Two thousand thirteen. That's prime Tinder, wasn't it? Is that what it was? We were talking Prime about Tinder. Is it, is it 2013 like would have been... A good year for those on Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. It was set, yeah, it was set up in 2012. Um, so 2013, it would have been starting to gain a lot of traction. I think I mainly used it in 2014. Unfortunately, podcast listeners, I'm no longer a dating app user. Um, just giving up. No, oh, yeah. we've just lost half of our female listenership. <laughs> they're they're, they're all gone. Not single. They're all... How heteronormative, David. <laughs> Why does it have to be female to find Scott attractive? <laughs> That's right. Uh, You're sitting quite close to me, to be fair. True. I'm actually, there's actually quite a large gap between us. An uncomfortable gap. You want to get yourself on Tinder? You can't see, but me and Matt are holding hands. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, that's your hand. (laughs) (laughs) There was a survey that came out this morning, um, a YouGov survey uh, done by another dating app, one that I'd never heard of. Um, And that came out with 20% are looking for long-term relationships, 15% are looking for one-night stands. And that was their evidence that people are using it to look for more serious relationships than just for quick hookups what were the uh what were the other apps that the boy rad was talking about? okay so um the main one that he likes to um have a go at is uh bumble 
And the reason because he likes to have a go at Bumble is because it was founded by um, David Lloyd, the cricketer. <laughs> yeah, that would be excellent. Um, <laughs> it was <laughs> very niche. <mind. laughs> I'm sure that every time like you don't get a match you just get told off by Bumble start the car <laughs> well every single match you get is David Lloyd <laughs> would you like to go on a date with David Lloyd <laughs> it's going to be very confusing to non-cricket fans <laughs> like yeah. Christina who is looking plankton right now yeah. um, Bumble was set up by an ex-Tinder employee um, who left because she had a relationship with another Tinder employee yeah. Um, and then sued the company for sexual harassment and was apparently paid um, two million out of court by Tinder. She then went off, used that money to set up a rival app, which is called Bumble, which is very much more female focused. Yeah. So um, the women are in power. And if basically a man can't start a conversation with a woman, you get a match and then it's the woman's prerogative to start the conversation. Um, it's interesting that that's referred to as the women having power. Because mm-hmm. in my experience, and this is before apps, this is just on websites, but my experience of dating on the Guardian website, as it happens, was that as a man, um, you spent all your time sending out millions of messages and trying to instigate things. Mm-hmm. And it just been you, to be fair, didn't it? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, now I feel tragic. But all the women I went on dates with, they said that their experience was just fielding millions of, right. of these things. And so I, I always found it a bit weird to refer to one side or the other being impaired because it that that was it was rubbish for both parties because yeah, I was yeah. there, my you know you start off writing tailored messages and being really careful and by the end of it you're just sending off all these messages saying you look nice you want to come have a conversation, and some of them reply and and for the woman as well they're like wading through all these. Well, I suppose idiots. in context, what Bumble's offering is an alternative. So in, if you're a man who's on Bumble. It says something initially about your approach. Do you know what I mean? I also think plenty of women, yeah, plenty of women on Tinder are just fielding multiple like inane requests from uh, people. So then, if they can just filter that out really nice and quickly, that's that's the idea. I think then the idea um, behind another rival that a lot of my friends use is um, called Happen. And I like the sound. This this one's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, So Happen is obviously trying to cut through the noise a little bit. So the only way you can match someone is if you have been within a certain distance of them throughout the day. So if you were to walk past <laughs> someone, it's, it's so, so weird. weird, isn't it? So if you walk past someone, stalk someone. you have then um, happened upon them yeah. and then you can send them a charm. And that's oh, when a conversation oh. begins. And that is and that is the one that is best monetized, though, because you only get a certain amount of charms unless you want to pay oh, for them. And I have nice. a, an unnamed the friend. The gamification of days. I have an unnamed friend who has spent hundreds of pounds on charms. Oh, and his current on. girlfriend, he did me on Happen. So oh. investment well spent. So, so I think, actually, the question at the end, I'm going to hijack you. Okay. Is if you could use a dating app now, which one would you use? Tinder, Happen, or Bumble? Oof. I go Bumble, I think. Yeah. Could I... And they're the only options. There are many, many more options. So I can't just write in the back of the Times or anything like that. <laughs> you could. <laughs> Taking it old school. Rush Hour what, What's the one... Yeah, what's the one on Metro? <laughs> Rush Hour <Crush. laughs> Were you the attractive blonde sitting on my tube? Oh, I was the tube. <laughs> Didn't even mean to do that. <laughs> I quite like the sound of uh, happen for two reasons. One, because I reckon I could 
I could gamify it and just start making it my mission to get physically close to attractive people without them realizing it and then sending them charms. But also, that's my as, mission anyway. As <laughs> this, yeah, exactly. Get get within smell range. <laughs> Uh, but as discussed previously as well, both Christina and I, uh, hailing from the broad acres, we quite like the appen nature of the Yorkshire, uh, mm. the word. Yeah. Dave? I, as I said, I sort of, <clears throat> I, I predate this stuff, but um, Tinder, I like the sound of the simplicity of Tinder. I, just, I, I, like, I like that it just boils it down to just one, one physical motion. <laughs> <laughs> well, you hope for more than one physical motion. <laughs> But I remember I, I, I lived with a, a, a gay guy for a few years and we used to talk about this stuff and he used to say how much incredibly easier it was for him yeah. than it was. I'd be there on the Guardian website, you know, crafting these messages and he'd go, I think it was, was it Grinder the name? Grindr, yeah, yeah Grinder. And everybody was saying, when is there going to be a straight Grinder? There's actually, yeah, an interesting and, and tech point, them. apart from all the inanity that has happened, um, that Grinder did um, an incredible job of actually cornering a market, yeah. whereas dating apps, no one has managed to corner a market. Tinder are probably the dominant player, but it is such a busy space and yeah. no one has managed to be the dominant player. The problem with a lot of them is that they, they become the flavour of the month. Um, so Tinder was the flavour of the month a few years ago and now a lot of my friends who still use dating apps um, all say, you know, Tinder's over, yeah. we're on Bumble or we're on Happen. And what tends to happen is these apps tend to be a uh, victim of their own success yeah. and they get absolutely, well, they, basically the male-female balance goes yeah. completely out the window and they get flooded with bots and mm. um, things like that. So you're groups. you're spending so much time trying to find someone that it's a complete, um, yeah. that it's a complete time suck. Interesting. Great chat. All right, let's quickly go around the room then. Uh, dating apps. Free love on the free love freeway or <laughs> balls out on the boulevard of broken dreams. <laughs> Christina Mercer. That's your best one, yeah. Um, free love on the free love freeway. David Price. Uh, I think I'd go with hot love on the hot love highway myself. Ooh, okay. They're yeah. still positive. They sound great. They sound such fun. Yeah. I wish I was young. I know. Miss those days. <laughs> Maybe have a midlife crisis. <laughs> yeah, I think I will. <laughs> free love on the free love highway. Free love on the free love freeway wonderful thanks guys thanks for listening to this edition of the uk tech weekly podcast listener you're great do get in touch let us know your thoughts and opinions and to shake, shake us, down us down for, for cash. cash you can tweet us at uk tech podcast or email editor at idg.co.uk we will be back next week with more informed opinion on the hottest topics in tech courtesy of our good friends audio technica Find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and all the other places from which you source podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe, review us, and tell your friends. Tell your friends right now. Until then, say goodbye, guys. Goodbye. goodbye. See ya. UK Tech Weekly Podcast. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? 
Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 